0: Hello, hello, and welcome to Temple of the False Pod, where our decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. Welcome to episode 65. I'm Andy. Uh, I'm Bruce. Welcome to episode 65. <laughs> uh, we're, we're halfway through season 7, which means it's it's about time for Temple's Treasures. Uh, yes. My favorite episodes, because it inspires me to build more decks. I, In fact, I've built a 60 deck... Because of this episode. Because of the research I did. Um, Research. Yes. Mm. Mm. Makes it sound professional. That's right. Uh, (laughs) As with Every Temple's Treasures, uh, we like to search for underused, underappreciated cards uh, within a certain aspect of magic. Yeah. Um, Generally old, or at least first printed old. Um, and so we have a, f- a few little rules we like to set before we get into it. Yeah. Um, we're each going to choose four to five cards. Uh, it's going to be, in this case, black. And in this case, sorceries. Yes. They're going to be under one to 2,000 uh, decks according to EDHREC yeah. at the time of recording. And the first printing had to have been before 8th edition. Yes, um, I know a few of my cards have been reprinted since, which just makes it all the more amazing that they're in such few decks. Right. Um, yeah. Like I said, these are fairly uh, underappreciated cards. Uh, but that said, they're not going to be—they're not going to be great. Sometimes uh, they're going to be very <laughs> niche. They're going to be very specific to sometimes specific decks, but also specific metas um you're not going to be going uh cedh anywhere right soon with these so i
1: will say something i did notice yeah now as andy said we were look- we're looking at older cards and we're looking at black sorceries um i did notice an inordinate number of black sorceries involve getting rid of a card out of somebody's hand yeah there are a lot of cards that do this (laughs) sometimes it's random sometimes it's pretty sometimes you can uh you know some you get to look at their hand and pick one sometimes they pick the card there's all kinds of variables in there but it
0: there were a lot of
1: sorceries that just involved just forcing your opponent to discard a card
0: yeah it it honestly made the research process a bit of a slog, just like reading through all these cards and realizing that they all do the same thing where it's like, uh, disc, you got to discard now. Uh, right. And it, I don't know, there's there's a time and place I've been toying with the idea of play, like making a Spectre deck and honestly this opened my eyes to realize that that may be easier than <laughs> I thought um you know have all the creatures be specters have all the right non-creatures be these types of cards uh but uh i know uh i know personally discard effects are uh a bit a bit feel bad right well
1: this is part of the reason why a lot of the cards that i looked at were cards that i simply looked at and then moved on immediately (laughs) um one, I, I'm not a real big fan of forcing someone to, forcing someone to discard a card. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, I want to take away some of your fun is basically what this is saying. Now, if you're playing with discard because you want to get cards into your graveyard and you are making yourself discard, well, that's a whole other story. That's, <laughs> that, that's a hoop and a fun twist. Um, but forcing your opponents to discard is less fun. And for the most part, we are also talking about commander here. We're talking about multiplayer formats. Uh, when you're playing one-on-one and you can force your opponent to discard, well, then they're losing a card. When you're playing against three opponents and you're forcing one of them to discard a card,
0: in effect, (laughs) it's
1: only one-third as effective as it would be if you only had one opponent. So how good are these cards to begin with? Right. Um, So in any event, uh, what this comes down to is there were a lot of those options and however there were plenty of others and i chose others.
0: Oh yeah, so. i was super excited for this episode because i knew i mean black is one of my favorite colors to play and i was excited to jump in and see <clears throat> what what is out there that i didn't know about. Right. Um it's funny cuz my list has a few cards that just through accumulation of bulk yeah. um i have a few of these and have tried to slot them into decks before. Right. Uh whether successful or not is dependent on how you define success. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, they're a lot of fun. So, yeah. all right, I want to start. Please do. Okay,
1: my first card uh, is a uh, is is called suppress. It's for two and a black, and it's a sorcery, and, and the uh, the the current reading of the text is target player exiles all cards from their hand face down at the beginning of the, of the end step of that player's next turn. That player returns those cards to their hand. Now we just spent a lot of time talking about discard, but this is less about discard and way more about, I'm tired of you constantly stopping me from doing all the fun stuff. So I'm going to play this card and you're going to be, um, you know, you're going to be. Uh, well, what's the shields down? Oh yeah, yeah. Until the end of your turn, because it's at the beginning of that player's next turn. Mm. Um, so, so that it's like uh, any fogs, any counters, any disenchant, uh, any ways to stop attacking creatures, any all all the things that can that can cause an issue when you want to apply pressure to your opponent this this sort of solves all of that because in the end if they need to counter something if you're playing suppress they have to assume that it's because you're going to go off mm. and you'd want to make sure that they can't stop you then they have to stop the suppress yeah so if they have that counter they have to use it on the suppress not on the what what you were planning to do they have to they have to work in some way to keep their hand and this is just another hoop for them to jump through.
0: Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, especially where it it feels like like the black version of Teferi's protection. Um yeah. where it's it's more offensive, obviously. Where right. it's like, all right, now you gotta phase your hand out essentially. Yeah. Um and the nice thing too, the thing that feels that makes it feel a little less bad is that if I cast this, I don't get to see your hand. You exile it face down. So yep. it's still hidden information. <laughs> yes. Um, but it is definitely like a, mm-hmm. a nice way to end up trying to like go for it. Like, all right, three mana at the beginning of your turn, play this, and then try and win the game.
1: <laughs> right. Now, the other part about this card that I really get a kick out of is we're playing multiplayer. Mm-hmm. So where the person where your target sits in the turn order is very relevant <laughs> because if the person sitting to my left is the next person to go after my turn and I play suppress and target them yeah it basically means i get to do my attack and you can't do anything from your hand and then on their turn they draw a card
0: and that's their only card.
1: And that's their only card. Okay, but at the end of their turn, they get all their cards back, right? Plus the card that they have in hand. If the person sitting to my right, then I take away all their cards. I can do all of the things that I could just that that I could do that I've just mentioned. But then on the next turn, the next person also gets all that benefit. And <laughs> so if you're playing a four-player game, that guy and the next person are also going to get that benefit. So you could argue that all three of you could attack without fear of, a, of, of anything coming out of their hand to stop you. Mm. And on top of that, then they get to draw their card. On their turn, they'll draw their card. And at the end of their turn, they get all their other cards in hand. But they still haven't done anything with those cards. So you get, you just get more time, and more opponents get to get the benefit of you playing suppress against that one person. Um, I just, I love the way that this is set up, and I I appreciate that um, it only gets stronger the farther or the closer to the right the person is sitting next to you, Uh, and it's just. That's not something that the designers ever considered <laughs> when they were when they were making this card, mm. um, and honestly, it's not something most people consider. And you rarely see this sort of thing, even in the current uh, the current crop of car- of Magic cards. I mean, you just don't see a card that just gets stronger and stronger depending on who you play against. Yeah. Or depending
0: on where the person you're
1: is sitting that you're playing against in the turn order. Right. I, like we do
0: have all these like commander based cards where it is like dependent on how many uh, players you have. But yes, we have yet to see a card where um, I mean, where it's designed intentionally with the like placement of right. the player, which is,
1: is very interesting. Yeah. I mean, you know, it to me, this is. Sort of uh, something where you could say, uh, you know, uh, the the player who plays after the person on, the person to your left mm. gets a five five demon with flying. Right. Most games in one on one, that's going to be you. But in multiplayer, you're now looking at diagonally across the table and hoping it's okay that he gets a five five. <laughs> you know, it just it's. I just got a kick out of the card, um, and I think it's a good card, even if you're uh, even if you're just playing it directly to the person on your left.
0: Yeah, so yeah, I mean, Dexus is in suppress. Yeah, thirty six. Oh, that's what I had. It's thirty eight now. Up in the past two weeks, it's gone up twice. Man, oh man, <laughs> two more people seeing the light. Quick, we gotta get this episode out before yep. it's over two thousand. Oh no! Um, I'm gonna start with my my. Mm, One of my higher-end cards. Okay, Um, It's called Head Games. It's three black black. um, And uh, it says... Target opponent puts the cards from their hand on top of their library. Then you search that player's library for that many cards. That player puts those cards in their hand and shuffles their library. Uh, So it's kind of like discard. Um, And... I can see this going in two different ways. Uh, The obvious of, all right, you take all, like you know that they have a good hand, you take their good cards, you give them basic lands, and done. And scene. Or, where I wanna see this played is you target somebody who is a little behind or maybe you have like struck a deal of like, hey, Right. Do you trust me? Yeah. You, you're like, do you trust me? And then you play it. Right. And they're like, What well, I, I do, but like, what is going on? Right. And so you take their hand, you take their library, you find, you know, how many of her cards, let's say six, let's say they have six cards in hand, you find some good creatures, you find some good sorceries, you get them ready to get rid of opponent two or three it's difficult because you want to be able to give them an opportunity. In this case, you want to give them an opportunity to uh, help you out. But once they are done with the dirty work of killing opponent, uh, now you have to get rid of them. (laughs) Right. Um, So unfortunately, this may be a Kingmaker card, but uh, I think as long as you are, backing it up with other cards. Uh you it could be a lot of fun. And I think that if you are playing a deck that wants to play this political game, um I would consider pushing it that way rather than the basic no pun intended uh play of just giving them basics and shipping it off.
1: Yeah. Um this is a fancy factor fiction. Yeah. Uh, but it's taken to the extreme. Oh, yeah. And I like that.
0: Um, it's playing favorites by it, the it long ab- shot. It
1: absolutely is. Um, <clears throat> quite often, I think you're going to do this in a, in a situation where um, you the board needs removal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, you can get the board removal. You can get... Uh, with head games in theory whatever the table actually needs is what you can get yeah um you just have to go and give it to an opponent now it just becomes a question of how nice do you want to be i mean obviously you you don't want to give them too many gifts (laughs) but if you can give them one piece that's that's, you know for an obvious problem on the board right i don't think anyone is going to complain because it cost you a card it cost them a card
0: everybody's happy and you got rid of the card that was the problem i think it's interesting too because it has you put their hand on top of the library first so then it becomes part of the library yeah so if you are genuinely searching for just one card out of their library you can say they have the six that i was talking about Mm -hmm. you can give them five of the cards that they had in hand back yeah and then the sixth card of removal or whatever
1: right um Two other things to consider mm-hmm. um one you get to see their entire library mm. so if you are playing against an opponent that you haven't played against a dozen times hmm. you get to see their entire library so uh you can quickly come to the conclusion whether or not they lied to you and they are playing that bust absolutely busto deck <laughs> <laughs> or you can get a sense of oh just how powerful this deck is and how problematic this could be etc etc what you also get is, um, it says target opponent puts the cards from their hand on top of the library. Okay. Now you can pick it up and see what they had in their hand. Mm. And then you look at them and say, why aren't you? Why didn't you play this? <laughs> really? <laughs> really. Then you give them just that. Right. And a bunch of lands. And it's like, here, get the hint. <laughs> I, you know, but you get to see what they were holding. Yeah, and then you can you can determine a lot based on what the player was holding. I mean, if they're holding five cards, um, and you see that they're holding, you know, three of them are cards they could have played but they didn't, then you can start to look at the board and f- figure out why aren't they playing this? What are they? You know, what are they playing around? How the, how does this work? So you can really do the head games of the guard. So hmm. um, and
0: I love that. I think that's... You know, oh, absolutely. That's a, a great um, setup. I, I do love using it for the good of the table rather than to just screw <clears throat> over one player. Um, right. Like, I
1: mean, I, you, know, you sure, you can play it as a discard your hand. Mm. I mean, the most, you know, the most obvious use of the card is discard your hand, draw that many lands. I'm even going to make sure they're all the same type. Right. Here you go. Good luck recovering from this. <laughs> um,
0: but that's I, that just doesn't sound like a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and if you want best of both worlds, <clears throat> right? Choose the player with two two cards in hand. <laughs> yeah. Choose the guy with fewer cards, um, and then you have to make less
1: big decisions. Right. You can just simply take away the card, or you know, I mean, the benefit is that a lot of times you know some of the cards that are in people's hands. Mm. Uh, anybody who's playing buyback you know they've got the card in hand because they played it and brought it back to their hand uh, if somebody's playing something and they bounce the car, bounce the creature back to their hand you know it's in their hand and if you're playing this card it's your turn and they couldn't play their land or whatever anyway so you play the head games and you know get rid of that get rid of that buyback spell that you had a hell of a time getting rid of in the first place
0: Yeah. yeah no I really like this card um this card, when I when I first looked it up, uh, it had eleven thirty three decks. Yeah. It now has eleven forty six. So things are speeding up here. Things are things are getting cranked up. Um. <laughs> so let's let's head on to our our your second card. All right, my second card is uh, gaze of pain.
1: Yep. Um, Go off my list. is a sorcery. It says, Until the end of turn, whenever a creature you control attacks and isn't blocked, you may choose to have it deal damage equal to its power to a target creature. If you do, it assigns no combat damage this turn. So basically, your opponent, one of your opponents has a creature that you just can't get rid of for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Uh, most likely they don't block or it's black and all of your removal that you've got because you're playing black is uh, not says non-black creature. So you're kind of stuck and you're trying to figure out a way to get rid of this card gaze of pain to the rescue. Uh, especially when you explain to one opponent that you're, what you want to do is please don't block. Cause I don't want my creature to die. <laughs> and then I will play this card. Or you just play that card and just find out which opponent is willing to let you swing Mm. unblocked. Especially since it's a sorcery anyway. Right. Um, So it's all up front. Yeah. You know, and if your opponent is, you know, understands what's about to happen, they let it happen and you get rid of a creature. Um, Yeah, it just. And oh, yeah. And that's the other part. Don't treat this like fight. Because that creature is not getting to do damage back to your creature, mm. this is just damage one way. It's a uh, it's a punch, as yeah. they say, yeah. or a uh, is... rabid bite. Right. Uh, a, you you get to sucker punch a guy, and he, he doesn't get to take backsees. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and for one in a black, it's a uh, it's a fairly inexpensive,
0: uh, yeah, fairly inexpensive cost, um, especially if you go wide, because for every creature. Um... And you don't necessarily have to mm-hmm. have it assigned differently. Well,
1: right. And it says for each creature you control that attacks and is not blocked. So if you have a bunch of tokens, mm. you can send five tokens. Right. It. And I and you can mix it up so that you mm. could even target two creatures with your five. Mm. So, you know, one takes three, one takes two. Yeah. You can mix it
0: around a little bit. Yeah. The targeting is per creature rather than per spell. Right. Yeah, um it, I'm surprised to see it's only in 55 decks. Yeah, still 55. That one didn't Still 55. No.
1: People. People people don't, people don't want to look at this card. Uh Well, I understand you don't want to look at the card.
0: It, the, the the art is yeah, it's it's, uh, it's tough. It, yeah, it's disturbing. So, careful mm-hmm. out there, everyone. Um <laughs> my next card Okay. Um is actually the one that I built a 60-card deck around. Uh, oh. uh I'm not saying it's good. <laughs> uh but I just want to see uh how how it goes because I think it's a really cool finisher. Um and I think like it is the thing that makes it where uh well, let me just say that, the card? Yeah. Let me let me stop. It's called Haunting Misery. Um it costs black, black, one. It's a sorcery. Surprise! Uh, it says remove X creature cards in your graveyard from the game, which I assume is a, a pay a, an additional cost. Yeah. Uh, Haunting Misery deals X damage to player. Or to target player. Um, That's been errated to read target player or planeswalker. Oh, cool. Um, so, say you're... Coming up at the end of the game, and you've got you know a few I don't know zombies out, and you're like I actually cannot get through my opponent's defense, but it's the end of the game, mm-hmm. so my graveyard's full. Throw your graveyard at their face and hope. Excuse me. Hopefully, it'll be just enough. Um, especially where we're getting a lot of things where it's you know I'm getting a lot of copy spells lately. Um, where you can copy instants and Mm -hmm. sorceries and stuff Um, in those cases you don't have to pay the payment every time so you know you can do 2x or whatever Right. Um, but if it's you know coming up at the end of the game you don't need those things in your graveyard anymore use them as x and just get in for that damage Um, if you still have multiple opponents left they'll see what you're doing um (laughs) and uh it 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 just helps get out of that stalemate and it's pretty pretty cool tech for things like sir conrad where um it counts the number of creatures coming out of the graveyard uh out of your graveyard um which is the payment here so even if this gets even if this gets countered sir conrad still triggers um and I, I just like the idea of using cards that sometimes you'll want to use as your hand. Like Graveyard is becoming secondhand now. Yeah. Um, being able to pull stuff out of your Graveyard is more and more and more and more common. So throwing it away feels weird. Yeah. To deal X damage. It feels like a red card, but it's not um it it's just it feels very interesting to to see it as like a way to stop that stalemate to either you know get get them going <laughs> to either be like hey now you're at 2 and now you have to really think about your attacks or uh just take them out of the game right i mean if you're playing any sort of mill strategy it could be very it could very well be that you have 20 creatures in your graveyard. Right. Um, it's it's exciting. Yeah. So I built a 60 card deck out of it. I've got three copies in it. Okay. Uh and uh probably not enough creatures. <laughs> but it I am I'm hoping it does what I'm thinking it will do, and like just kind of chip in for that last few points of damage. Right. Uh and for three mana for a sorcery, it's whatever. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, this is in 37 decks. Ooh. <laughs> um, up from 35 when I originally. <laughs> <laughs> why Why are people looking at Black Sorceries right now? <laughs> yeah, from pre-8th edition. Yeah. I don't um, know. Yeah. But uh, what, I think that, that marks us at halfway. So yes, it is. Let's throw it over to our... Uh, Sponsor of today's episode, and we'll be right back. This episode of Temple of False Pod is brought to you by Discard. Did you say this card? What card? No, discard. This card? No, discard. Oh! Now back to you. Hey, that's what I got discard right here hey hey what's discard Just next card <laughs> god damn it
1: <laughs> uh, let's see okay so my next card ashen powder woohoo ashen powder uh, it costs two and two black mana four mana total it says put target creature card from an opponent's graveyard onto the battlefield under your control now, wild. There are other cards that do something similar to this, but for 4 mana, um the it's just a good rate. Yeah, it's a good rate. Um and I am a big fan of playing with my opponent's creatures. Um Jason all talks about the 75 his uh, 75% theory. And a big part of that is or the the entire concept is the idea that you are playing a deck that morphs, that essentially moves up and down to match the level of your opponents. And a big way to do that is to play your opponent's creatures or to use your opponent's stuff against themselves. Um, and Ashen Powder really fits that idea, mm. so that you know, so you don't find yourself playing an overpowered deck against against opponents who weren't expecting it. It just works with what the opponents have. So if your opponents are running decks where uh, you know where the creatures are massive and huge and uh, and everything is amazing, then that's what you're going to get. Mm. Um, if you're playing against opponents who you know who see a a vanilla six six as being a uh, you know an absolute house, hmm. then that's what you're going to get. So. Um, I like the idea that it sort of scales up
0: and down to the strength of your opponents. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I, and I just like the card. Yeah, and even with that example though, like you know, if if one of your opponents thinks a six six with a vanilla six six yeah. is like top tier, like you've got two other opponents, right? So like you've got plenty of choice generally, right? Um, unless you know one of your opponents getting hosed, but sure. Uh, I also like
1: this as. Um, as a way to get an opponent's card out of their graveyard mm. because as we all know a card in a graveyard is just a card that's about to come out mm. later um, so that's nice um, and uh, I also like uh, I also like this with tombstone stairwell hmm. um, because tombstone stairwell counts the number of creature cards in each person's graveyard and gives you that many zombie tokens one less zombie tokens for my for an opponent that's a nice little benefit, and yeah. I appreciate just how niche the <laughs> idea that it helps Tombstone stairwell is. But
0: yeah, hey, it's I fit like that a, market. It's it's kind of a, a two creature swing on that because they have one less walker and you have one more.
1: Yeah, attacker. and the and the one more attacker I've got is genuinely is generally going to be the best thing that's sitting in the graveyard. Mm. So I'm you know you're looking at you're looking for a Sun Titan. You're looking for a wonder, an a, anger. Yes, that's certainly <laughs> an option as well. Um, uh, you know, th- there are all sorts of things that you can do with this card. Um, a creature that gives you removal when it enters the battlefield. Mm. Um, a creature that you know it, c- it can be. It can be a very small game too. Um, so yeah, yeah, and yes, there are other cards out there that do this and uh, that do it really well. And quite often they're, um, they're bigger. They do multiple cards at once. Um, and I like this one. Yeah. so
0: I like, I, like the whole idea. So. Yeah. I like that it doesn't... Like, you can go for the big thing that will help you out. But also, the idea of helping you out with this card uh, could mean stopping their engine. Right. Like, maybe they have a card in their graveyard that really would get their engine going. Yeah. And if you take it away from them, it's slowing it down yeah um which is nice um ashen powder was also on my list um, uh-huh yeah uh when i thought it, it was in 445 decks same it's yeah. in 451 now people are really building yep. decks nowadays yeah who knew who knew who knew people like building decks Go for um it. Andy, my, what's your card my next card my next card is a uh is like a it's a creature tribal type. Okay. Uh, perfect card. Sure. It's called Afeto Dredging. It's in 992 decks. Uh, Afeto Dredging, it costs three in a black. Mm-hmm.
1: It says return up to three target creature cards of the creature type of your
0: choice from your graveyard to your hand. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, it gets you back any changelings uh but also like say you're playing vampires i had this in my vampire deck for the longest time because it, it you just name vampires you get three back to your hand immediately right. um granted it's not great for it's not great for its rate i mean like its rate's fine for man i get three creatures back yeah then you got to play the creatures but um you know it's not optimal but uh getting three creatures back is great right? Um, and it's up to so you don't have to wait to have three creatures in Yeah, um, even though you might want to I've definitely had this card in hand and been like I only have two two creatures in my graveyard I want to wait for a third so that I can use it, get the most value out of it, bad idea just play it when you need it it does its thing I mean you know you've got cards like uh, raise dead for Mm. one black to get one creature back Right. Um, so obviously, you know, the rate there is one for one. Mm-hmm. Four for three, not amazing, especially when it's so restricted. Um, well, I mean, like you said, you're going to be using this in theme decks. Right.
1: Um, and this is also a nice way to dance around that commander tax one time. Mm. When your commander dies, just leave it in the graveyard and choose the commander's creature type and in theory that's going to match up with a a number of other cards in your graveyard and you'll get you'll get a handful back definitely so um it's certainly another way to to set it up i know that with a lot of these older cards i tend to look at or try and look at ways that they couldn't possibly have thought of as benefit like Mm -hmm. how does this card you know is this card you know Extra good because they didn't know about commanders. This is extra good because in this day and age they only ever considered one-on-one magic. They never considered multiplayer. So is it better because it's multiplayer? Um so the idea of being able to get your commander back without having to pay the tax. I like the idea. So I think that's certainly one of the one of the benefits of the card.
0: Mm. Um a Fedodding nine ninety two decks, uh now a thousand and four. So alright get on it. Uh <laughs> better get there before it becomes uh too
1: too good for our uh for temple, temple treasures. treasures.
0: Yeah. I think we got enough time for what, one more? Yep. Alright. Well, one each. Alright. I got one. Okay. I got a good one. Okay. It costs six and two black. Oh, I know what you're going to say. No, I Overwhelming don't. Forces. I, I did know. <laughs> okay.
1: Overwhelming Forces. It's six and two black. So eight mana. This is huge. It yeah. reads, destroy all creatures target opponent controls. Draw a card for each creature destroyed this way. Ooh. That's just big. It's just big. I mean, yeah. You're going to choose the one who has the most creatures. And you're going to draw six, seven, eight? Yeah. So you're going to draw seven, let's say. Oh, f- fine. You know what? Let's, say, let's just say draw six. Would you pay eight mana to draw six cards and wipe out one opponent's board? I mean, hells yeah. <laughs> I, I'm definitely going to do that.
0: Yeah. I mean, um, it, it's, it's great. Right. Now... Compare this to In-Garrick's Wake. In-Garrick's Wake is, I believe, six and a black? In-Garrick's Wake is seven black black. So it costs
1: nine. It costs one more. One more. And it destroys all the creatures you don't control and all Planeswalkers. So it doesn't focus on one player. It focuses on the entire board. Mm -hmm. That's it. Right. No card draw. No card draw. We are obviously in the late game here. Right. You are obviously in a rough spot if you're playing in Garrick's Wake because you're wiping your opponents in the hopes that you will then be able to swing in and take at least one person out. Mm. At least. Overwhelming forces? It's going to put you in a position to take one person out and it's also going to give you a mitt full of cards to protect yourself from from your remaining opponents. I mean... uh, so, in Garak's Wake, uh, Plague Wind is another one. Mm. Plague Wind, same cost as in Garak's Wake, seven black, black. Uh, Plague Wind, destroy all creatures you don't control. They can't be regenerated. So, in other words, in Garak's Wake, you can regenerate your creatures, but you lose your Planeswalker as well. Plague Wind, <laughs> you can't regenerate the creatures. as you can of regenerate really, yeah. yeah, exactly. This is, it's old school when regenerate you know, in theory meant something, but even then it was barely relevant. Um, I'm going to take the card draw. Mm. I want the card draw. I appreciate the value of wiping out all of your opponents. If you can wipe out one opponent and get a mitt full of cards, I don't know that you're going to get the pushback that you would if you wiped out all of your opponents. If you're wiping out all your opponents, you better win in the next two turns. (laughs) Because at that stage in the game, they've all got eight, nine mana out. They're going to come back with a fury, within a turn or two of you having played Plaguewind or in Garrick's Wake, so you better be ready. And uh, neither one of those do anything to put cards in your hand. Whereas Overwhelming Forces, you are reloaded and ready to go. I, I just I love the card. Um, I think it's uh, I think it's really cool. I think that you know, it's there now. I mean, your meta may vary, obviously. It's an expensive card, so you might not want to. Might not want to be playing an eight mana sorcery. But I'll leave that up to you, and and you can determine that with your meta.
0: So. Yeah, um, this card is in about three hundred and thirty-two decks. It's also fairly expensive. Uh, yeah,
1: because it's Portal Three Kingdoms, right? And it really didn't get a lot of reprints outside. I think of that, it had
0: so. a single. Paper reprint and it was a Judge promo. Yeah, Um, yeah. Well, hey, the Judge promo is only worth thirty-five dollars, so you know it's cheap. It's ten percent. It's ninety percent off. Right. So it also helps. Helps explain why it's in only three hundred thirty-two days. Yeah, but whatever. I don't care. I'm having a tough time deciding between uh, the rest of my cards. Um, Well, you got one more choice. I know. We got time for one. Which one is it going to be? yeah alright uh, it's called soul exchange it's for black black um, it's from fallen empires so you know it's good uh, as an additional cost to cast the spell exile a creature you control return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield put a plus two plus two counter on that creature if that exi- if the exiled creature was a thrall um, probably wasn't a thrall Unless you're playing. Uh, there were a Tevish lot of thralls Zat. in
1: Fallen Empires. Oh, okay. And yeah, Tevish Sat Tevish that, that will do
0: that. Tevish Sat, well. uh, the new Commander Legend, well, new, quote unquote, two years old, uh, Commander Legend's Planeswalker makes thralls. But regardless, for two mana and exile a token that you control, I mean, yeah. probably, Right. Uh, you get a creature from your graveyard directly into play. Yep. Yeah. Um now, I don't see much downside to this other than the fact that it's a sorcery and you exile a creature you control I mean of course it's not going to be an instant mm-hmm. I don't think you want it to be an instant necessarily yeah. well,
1: It would be nice for it to be an instant because then you if it's an instant you can use it on you know you can block with your creature mm. and instead of it dying you just sack it um, i I get that you know with it being a sorcery, you have to pay for it on your turn there's you know. All the usual restrictions that come with it being a sorcery. But um, the idea that you can swap, as you say, a token creature for the best creature in your graveyard. Yeah. Um, Okay. And it's going to cost you two mana. Done. (laughs) I'm done. I'm in. Let's do that. It comes right under the battlefield. Yeah. Okay. Fine. It didn't get a plus two plus two. It doesn't get plus two plus two counter. That's a counter, by the way. A plus two plus two counter. (laughs) Not two plus one plus ones. None of that. None of that stuff. We're doing fallen empires. It's a plus two, plus two counter, mm. if it's a thrall, if the sat creature was a thrall. So, um, no, I, I, great card. Yeah. Why not? Right. Yeah. I mean. Um, and especially, I mean, you just talked about uh, with, um. What's his name? Tefersat. No. Oh, Sir Sir Conrad. Yes, with Sir Conrad, you've got a creature leaving the, going to the graveyard. A creature mm. coming out of the graveyard.
0: You have a creature coming out of the graveyard, because this creature's getting exiled, baby. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. no. But, like, still. I mean, it's still another one of those triggers of something coming out of the graveyard. Um, and I think it it works particularly well, obviously, in token strategies. Yeah. Um, or if you have somebody else's creature. Yeah. Uh, if, you ta- you know, if you're playing Rakdos take take one of their things with a threaten effect and then you exile it yeah Ex- it's amazing yeah. it's not just sacrifice it's exile yeah um and i mean honestly if you're playing black you probably have ways to just throw stuff into the graveyard and then you get something for two mana sure um obviously not as great as victimize uh, which is one in a black. You sacrifice a thing and you get two things back untapped, or you get two things back tapped. Um, but who cares? This is so cool. And if you play it, people will be like, wait, what? What is that? And yeah. it comes back untapped, which is also a benefit. Right. Um, I like it. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, no, you can definitely play this after combat. Yeah,
1: as long as you're comfortable. At- in the knowledge that the creature is not going to die during combat because, man that would bite but um, yeah <clears throat> no I like the card I like the option and I do I really like the idea of sacking
0: an opponent's creature that you've stolen for the turn yeah um, this card is in 974 decks uh huh um, up from 941 when I first checked so we we really I gotta start gotta get cards. in there quick yeah um, was there any card that was on your list that you were just like, "Ah, oh, I wish I could talk about it," but it just like didn't seem it uh, seemed too niche.
1: One of the ones I kind of liked was Stream of Acid. Hmm. It was two black and a black. Uh, it says destroy destroy a land or a non-black creature. Okay. Neither of those are particularly exciting. It's a flexible um, doom blade, but yes it's a flexible card there are plenty of times when um when i wish i had just you know one piece of land destruction Mm. just because an opponent has
0: uh guy's cradle or yes uh, guy's cradle or that one that flickers um, your stuff
1: yeah maze of if or um keswick wolf run Mm. um yeah take your pick Whatever, whatever land. There's always going to be that one land that just
0: annoys you, and you wish you you wish you could just have it gone. Yeah, that so, blue green one that gives things flash. Uh, yes, Alchemist Refuge. Yes,
1: this is going to get rid of that. And honestly, and if there's nothing, and if there are no no uh, lands that are that are an issue, then you can destroy a non black creature. If there's always the backup. Now, for four mana, that's not a, a creature removal. Not a good deal, even for land removal. Um, Four mana is not that great, but the fact that you can get either or out of this card, I like that idea. So, yeah, but uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think it was quite as good as the other ones I, I picked, but uh, I did like the flexibility of that card.
0: Um, yeah, and and my my runner up was uh, speaking of Sir uh, Sir Conrad. Yeah. Um. I guess and a. Uh, a one i mean two card because the commander a, mm-hmm. a two card essentially win the game combo depending on people's life totals uh morality shift for five black black uh sorcery exchange your graveyard and your library and then shuffle your library um so basically it takes all the creatures in your grave in your graveyard sure puts them in it takes them out of your graveyard yeah. So, you get all those triggers. And then it takes all the creatures in your library and puts them in the graveyard. So, you get all those triggers. So, it essentially says, like, you know, Sir Conrad is. It does one point of damage to each opponent. Um, whenever another creature dies, or a creature card is put into a graveyard from anywhere other than the battlefield, Ooh, or a creature boy. leaves the, your graveyard, Sir Conrad deals one damage to each opponent. So. Each of yeah. your opponents is going to be taking one damage per creature in your deck minus the ones on the grave or minus the ones on the battlefield, <laughs> right? Um, which Oof. could be
1: Should, somewhere between could, thirty and could
0: 40. very well very well be death, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, this card works. What card, was
1: this
0: again? It's called uh, Morality Shift. Okay. Um, it's from Judgment. Um. It it just it, it seems kind of ridiculous, um, but it also works well to get your graveyard back into your library. Like if you have you know a handful of cards left in your library, and you're playing something else, I don't know. Right. Uh, it it just kind of refills your library, which is nice. Um, so, Mm-hmm. that was my little runner-up, I guess. Right. Um. Wow. I keep wanting to go but uh that's it, another Temple's Treasures in the that, bag yeah we did it we we got uh, black sorceries done I think that's gonna do it for us this week uh, next week we've got uh, a cool Commander Legends uh, themed episode coming at you because uh, we're coming up on Battle for Baldur's Gate in a couple weeks I guess it's next week I hope I did my math right if not <laughs> uh, well, this is all gonna be cut out uh Which will be good, because we're running on time, so thank you so much for listening. We're Temple of the False Pod, where our decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. Uh, Thank you again so much for listening, and may your fifth land be the temple. Anyway, before you go, I just wanted to say thank you for listening. You can reach out to us via email at falsepodmtg at gmail.com or on Twitter at falsepodmtg. Bruce is at manaburned and I'm at andyweekend, though you'll definitely notice I use the podcast Twitter far more often. Now that we've got you here, make sure you subscribe, like, rate us on uh, whatever podcast platform you use. It helps us out. It gets us more reach. Subscribe to us on our YouTube channel, Uh, like a video there, leave some comments for more casual enjoyment. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with some more timeless discussions about all things casual. So come hang out, and may your fifth land be the temple. Bye-bye. Should I do my best, Bruce? Bye!